0: Now, the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure and uh, their minister, um, Ms. Patricia De Lille, uh, are warning the public about a wave of uh, scams by fraudsters who are using fake Department of Public Works and Infrastructure documents on unsuspecting suppliers. Now, many companies have lost millions of rands worth of goods, such as computers, construction equipment, and cell phones, as these criminals call unsuspecting suppliers and claim that they've been awarded a tender to supply goods to the department. Now, only to take the goods, and disappear. Remember, the department only deals with supplies on its database and if you want to verify any order from the department you can call 012-406-1439 or 12 1760 or 012-406-2046. Remember, the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure has declared zero tolerance on fraud and corruption. So our wrap up the top business stories, and uh, yeah, the big story we're leading with uh, uh, today is uh, South African government, in particular the uh, Minister of Health, Okabazela, uh, uh, accusing Johnson & Johnson of being unreasonable in some of their demands uh, as it relates to the vaccine distribution program here in South Africa. Now, Nolwank, I'm quite interested in what you make of um, what some of the U.S. agencies have said, uh, citing you know, these rare and severe blood clotting side effects. In the context of, I guess, uh, the pace and scale of our own vaccination program here, which I must say has been, I guess, rather reliant, uh, not just on the research doses, but also on the commitments uh, with J&J.
1: Yes, I think, you know, if there is a possibility that it could um, cause blood clots, it it does, you know, we do need to have, you know, proceed with caution because, you know, you know blood clots is not something specific necessarily to any type of weather or region or demographic it's just that it's just one of those symptoms that could happen anywhere to anyone so i think you know it, we, we can't just sit down and say oh well it's, it happens in the u.s it won't happen here um every single because you know you could have catastrophic effects if you know it really does have the same impact here so Rightly so, we should proceed you know, proceed with caution, and luckily there are some options out there in the market. Um, and we are so fortunate that there were multiple that came out at the same time. So at this point, if something doesn't look like more risk, we have the option opportunity to switch to another provider, um, another pharmaceutical company. Of course, the conditions will also be different, and there might be higher costs, especially if another mm. big, 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 uh, big country like US also wants demand, but
0: you know, must do what it its best for citizens. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Let's shift our attention,
0: I guess, away from that particular one, and uh, we're going to be following the vaccination distribution program uh, quite closely here. But uh, Toyota South Africa, uh, the uh, entity they led by Andrew Kirby, saying they're looking to, uh, I guess, manufacture or build pilot fuel cell electric vehicles here in South Africa, and uh, I get a bit scared here because yeah I mean we have a challenge with electricity, so to build an electric electric vehicle yeah seems a bit of a stretch
1: yeah so I mean you've seen the shift away from you know fuel engines and into electric vehicle being you know the the green green solution fewer emissions um and Tesla's obviously been a big beneficiary there huge demand. And globally OEMs have been producing electric vehicles and even Big Tech is also producing um electric vehicles. So Toyota's with you know, you know, Toyota the group itself has also, you know, gone in to say we're gonna start looking to, you know, create some electric vehicles and South Africa Toyota SA being subsidiary also will also plan on doing that. But the thing is with every new technology, there has to be infrastructure to support it. Um you know if you think about it you you can't use apps without smartphones, you know, so mm. you need to have the necessary infrastructure to support the new technology and the same is with these electrical vehicles um you know they're hydro fuel cells i mean I don't know the the real details of what goes into there, but you know you need a supply of hydrogen for one, and in terms of having to charge the the vehicles, you also need those stations um so it's like pretty much equivalent of petrol stations, but now specifically just for for the cars, for the charging station, And the numbers currently is like something like 140, um, you know, these electric vehicle stations that are currently in Africa compared to the, say, 4,500 fuel petrol stations. So you can see, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the kind of numbers we're looking at compared to what we'd have to get to if we were to have a serious rollout of electric vehicles, which we're still quite far from.
0: Yeah, quite an quite, quite unsettling picture there. But of course, I guess the other dimension to this uh, is, is the massive endowment South Africa and Zimbabwe have in platinum, which is a major input, I guess, into the fuel cell technology that powers many of these electric vehicles. So I guess maybe Kirby and his team might be uh, looking at that opportunity as well. Yes, it
1: is a very big opportunity. And I certainly hope our um, our minds can keep up with the demand. I know manufacturing output goes out, up for the first time in a very long time, but you know it's very hard to to be too excited with this manufacturing mining manufacturing because our output has been not the greatest um over the last couple of years but indeed, one of the reasons why before we got into the huge you know Mining upswing, mining resource prices swing, cyclical swing that happened in the last 12 months. Already, the themes for the platinum and palladium specifically sector was that demand would be boosted by the the you know the huge surge in demand in electric vehicles, especially out of China, who have to reduce their carbon footprint dramatically. Um, this was before COVID, of course, and then people obviously weren't going into their cars as much. But nonetheless, that didn't stop the resource prices for platinum going up. Um, But definitely, that theme is still going to be relevant for many years to come.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I guess we're going to be watching this one very closely because one would think that the scale of adoption of much of this technology will uh, largely be determined by not only just the integrated resource plan, but the adoption of alternative energy sources for many who might want to make a foray into this particular space. Um, That being said, what do you make of what uh, Just Dennis Davis, um, uh, who used to chair the, I think he still does, chair the Davis Tax Committee, what do you make of uh, what he suggested here, saying, there are people who own luxury cars and mansions but pay very little tax, and this is offensive, particularly in a society with unbelievable levels of inequality. He wants them to go to jail.
1: Mm. This reminds me of Trump when we got his tax records to find that as a president he paid less than the average working person. He was obviously crazy. Um, and What's that? Oh. I didn't catch that. Could you try again? Sorry.
0: Sorry, is that Siri now like <laughs> trying to check you and censor you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, sorry. So, calm, sir. Talking. Man, calm, <laughs> sir. calm, calm, calm. <laughs> So, um, uh, what was I saying? So, what is quite interesting to me, in what he's saying is that he made a comment that there are about five thousand people who are earning taxable income of over five million, and that's a pretty, pretty surprising number because I think there's probably more than five thousand people. In South Africa, they earn more than $5 million in terms of taxable income, I imagine. So, you know, I mean, I don't know the exact stats of the makeup of the tax base, but, you know, if indeed there's a lot of people who are finding ways, and not necessarily that they're doing anything criminal, but maybe this the sort of tax loopholes um, that they're using, I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good course to take and a good um, route to go on to pursue this because we've been having a shrinking tax base for a very long time and it's becoming ever more concentrated and because we've cut the tax rates um lower tax rates and we you know i mean we've, we've increased tax rates enough already there's no more room to get more out of the tax base um the only other option is to actually increase the size of it by finding people who are possibly finding ways to not pay up tax and you know and with the good efforts that the sars has made over the last year i think there's more to do and i think there's more people that probably can benefit from getting them to pay more tax
0: (laughs) yeah we certainly hope uh, that uh, this particular matter is resolved because we certainly need any rand we can collect and if there's uh, a lot of people who are making ton loads and truck loads of money and um, effectively paying less tax than you and i know then i think uh you know that message is particularly one that i would support what do you make the of the retail sales numbers now uh, february seemingly outperforming expectations in the market uh, retail sales increasing 6.9 percent uh, when compared to the previous month but uh, i i guess even that isn't pro- uh, off of a, a base that uh, holds up i guess uh, to comparison with previous years but uh, uh, no doubt, I guess, a welcome improvement.
1: Yeah, so, you know, over the last couple of weeks, one of the big questions I've been asked and also trying to answer is, what is the cons- consumer going to do this year? Um, and to the point where yesterday, I mean, I wrote an article right about the state of the consumer and whether they will bounce back this year. And I think this is one of those um, data points we're seeing that the consumer is able to spend, it's all about sentiment, And to the point that, you know, the retail sales were a big surprise because consensus expected it to be about 2% down. It was actually the opposite and around 2% up. So we're seeing that, you know, after lockdown, obviously, sentiment was quite negative given the alcohol bans and um and the restrictions as well that were still there level three being on level three. And then, you know, February as you know, you know, the restrictions were eased and the numbers seemed to be stable. I think with that with that positive sentiment we saw that pick up and people going through spending, you know, yet again on, you know, things household items that we've seen as a theme, furniture um, equipment and there was some clothing as well. Those were the big factors, big numbers that that had strong growth. Um, it seems to be a trend that people are focusing on home improvement type of purchases. I think they think that you know working from home is going to be here longer than than we think. And I think some even worse now after we hear about this vaccine rollout failure news. Mm. And I guess
0: the the other element, of course, uh, you know, no that this does give us a signal of, as, as you were saying, is the health of the consumer. But also, I guess, the, the other question is how much of these sales have been driven through cash sales and how, how much uh, potentially have been driven through credit?
1: So, I mean, I don't know what the split is, but at the moment mm. now, credit extension has been actually quite low. We saw the credit extension yeah. numbers come through last month and it was still very weak. So, in terms of credit... And there's two things that's been playing out. I mean, the banks are also very quite cautious. Um, What we saw from the bank side, at least, is that they were more eager to lend people in terms of secured lending, Um, and that would be your houses and your your cars. And then they were a bit shy in terms of, you know, unsecured lending. So we didn't see that. We've been seeing, you know, less growth in the unsecured side. So I imagine there is room for lots of cash, um, even cash transactions in the economy have also actually improved um at the January as well so i think there's a lot of cash movement in the activity and it's not not too much of a concern around that it's going to be a lot of it being in credit
0: no longer um, maybe just to sneak this one in here and i don't know if you you would have heard the news but some news coming through this evening of uh, saa interim ceo um, I don't know if you caught that
1: uh, on the news-wise, but w- what do you make of that? Um, well, I did, and, uh, I did yeah. catch that, but I didn't get to see, you know, the person and their experience.
0: Yeah, so, so Thomas
1: Hokolo is his name. Yeah. Uh,
0: he had worked as a CFO and a Chief Risk Officer at the Competition Commission, and since 2018 sat on the Board of Air Traffic Navigation Services, a CA, MBA, uh, yeah, Top 40, what? Top charted accountant under 35, top 40 outstanding young leaders under 40. Um, and yeah, he takes over from interim CEO, Philip Saunders, who was uh, appointed, I guess, um, during the business rescue process.
1: So, my thoughts on the new CEO appointment would be great if I knew what the new FAA looked like. Is. <laughs> So I'm not sure, he's being appointed, but I, I actually don't know to what. But you're I not sure some for what, HAA, yeah, yeah. but what is but what HAA is that? right now? What does it we look know. like? What you know. Is it local? <laughs> is it international?
0: <laughs> oh, of course, yeah.
1: You know, so what, does, you know, what will he be running? Is it, is it a national? Terry, I don't know. Tell me that first and then I'll probably be able to answer. <laughs>
0: Sure. I I also don't know what um, Phoenix has risen from the ashes of the old SAA. Um, that's the thing, but, right? We're appointing people, uh, yeah.
1: which is great, but don't leak that you're appointing someone. We want to hear the plan. We don't want to hear who's there. At this point, what the plan is is way more than important than who's there um, because we've seen, I mean, CEOs come and go, but we need something to at least have some confidence in the money that's being spent on SAA.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know uh this new saa the other maybe before i let you go just on this saa thing you you saw the messages from the dg uh uh dg takudi and uh, his attack if i can say that on some of the pilots organized under the uh, pilots association there at saa Mm. saying they're defending an apartheid era you know Mm. instrument effectively uh what, what do you make of that i guess in the context of all of this because effectively the new ceo uh, Mr, let me get his name right there, uh, Mr. Thomas Hokolo, um, effectively might be running an airline that might not have some pilots to, I guess, fly his fleet.
1: Yes, I think that's definitely, and I think, you know, and when I say we need to hear what's happening with the Planet SAA, that that's more important than hearing who the SAA is. the I minute mean, it doesn't matter who comes in. If you can't have an agreement with pilots, then what's the point? And I think I think if the previous agreements with the pilot situation is unsustainable, it's not good for um, transformation in our country, um, then absolutely we need to come up with a better one. And I like to think that people on the other side as well are able to reason and the terms and conditions can be met. At this point in time, it seemed there was an agreement that there should be transformation. I think it's about how going about it was one of those problems that, that they disagreed on. So I hope you know people can come together eventually, but definitely. I mean, it's not like you know we are printing pilots every 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 with every metric results, you know. So unfortunately, we need to make sure that we can have those pilots there, um, because if you're going to have someone who's going to be CEO, you can't be CEO of of empty of empty (laughs) Boeing's or Airbuses. So Hmm. hopefully that we can hear the actual underlying plan first more than who's been appointed at the board level and what great credentials they have, like everyone else who's been a CEO.
0: (laughs) Nulaja, we'll have to leave it there. And yeah, I guess, yeah, on that note with SAA, yeah, I get confused by the day, but um, yeah, I guess maybe other South Africans might know a bit more than I do.